Welcome to The Outside Edge, a podcast about all things water sports, the good, the bad, and the ugly of things that have happened in the past and things that will hopefully happen in the future. I'm your host, Dave Briscoe. Oh, dogs in the background. That's nice. I like that. And let me go around the room and introduce you to the guys that we have on the microphone today. Sitting right next to me, the ever beautiful and heroic Mike Lee, our producer. Hello, everyone. And on the hotline today, we, we brought back some amazing guests that we had on the last podcast. We're going to keep this rolling because there's too many stories to talk about. So first of all, let me introduce you guys to Shannon Best. Hello, hello, hello. Shannon, what's going on in your world these days? Oh, you know, busy, busy doing that, busy doing this. Just busy. Ah, oh, that's good. That's good. And uh, we also brought back the legendary Matthew Connolly. That my dramatic pause, was that good enough? That was good. Thank that you. was good, Matt. Thank I'm you. proud of you for that it's one. Good to be here. Good to be here. <laughs> How's things? Uh, what's the temperature right now up in the upper left coast? 37 degrees and the moon is still shining. Wow. The moon, the moon is still shining? The moon is out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, Seven, hey. 7.20 a.m. in the upper left upper coast. Upper left coast. Wow. Well, there you have it. Look how dedicated this crowd is, Mike, right? <laughs> they are way into it, They're man. I had in. no idea. All in. So last episode, we got we got pretty deep, and we, we got some stories of the past and what it was like for Matt growing up. But as we went through the episode, you know, Matt, you really reminded me that we, we missed out on so many things items that that happened back in the day and i i kind of wanted to dive back into that right off the get-go so i've been on the internet and i've been watching some of the the riders that are out now uh cory tunison uh harley clifford and shoda uh from japan and i'm watching these riding styles and wow it's amazing what the guys are doing now the wakes are so big everybody's style is very similar and one of the things we were talking about last episode was the 94 worlds and I was actually wrong Shannon you nailed it you said you were talking about when Isle Morata was and so I went on YouTube and I encourage everybody to do this because we're going to talk about a little bit this episode but go on YouTube and look up the 94 Isle Morata world championships and that's where Scott Barley won for the first time and uh my god the first thing I noticed was the wake size Shannon yes would you would you like a quick um 1994 Almirada World Championship for wakeboarding fun fact. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the organizers of the event, um, World Pub, um, coordinated it to where it was also the windsurfing World Championships as well, too. Oh, that's so why it was now windsurfing. <laughs> that's why it was Almirada. So they like doubled up. So they like doubled up on everything. Uh, so they could like, you know, one expense, two world competitions. But if you really think about it, someone was getting skunked. It was either going to no be win. Us. <laughs> That's what I mean. But, but so, so I've actually spent, so since, um, you know, wakeboarding down there, I was, the first time I was ever in the Keys was actually 94 for the Worlds. Um, <laughs> and then since then at Almorada, I actually spent ooh, a good part of, 10 years kiteboarding there, um, both Armorata and Whale Harbour, which are right next to each other at the channel right there. 
and um, it does get very, it actually gets really good wind conditions. So we were, we were either going to get blown off the water and they were going to have a great competition or we were going to have glassy conditions and they just weren't going to get going. And it was windsurfing. And windsurfing, you need quite a fair bit of wind. Wow. So wow. I don't know whose logic that was, but um, yeah. It was, it was us or them. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because, Matt, last episode you talked about how it was tough having industry people in as judges and uh, being part of the event. And now you got Scott Barley and Gator riding the uh, Flight 69 board with Tony Finn announcing the whole event, which he was their boss. Like, he was making their boards, and it was kind of one-sided. Well, 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 Jimmy Redman was in the boat as well, and Jimmy Redman was the sole designer of that board, um, and he was the head judge. <laughs> well, it, 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 it was, it, yeah, that was before the industry actually kind of spread it out and brought in the other companies. That was beforehand. Well, there wasn't enough people, uh, right? I mean, all we had is what we had. We were trying to get this thing off the ground. Exactly. And it was hard to get off the ground with those kind of wakes. Yeah, right. The wakes were, and you know, that's a funny thing. So Mike, you asked last week, right? You were saying, wow, the wakes are so big on these boats now and they're $200,000. Right. Right. But you think about the the guys now, I I made the comment the other day that a lot of people have been laughing at that people that can afford a $200,000 boat, their kids are soft. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I still, that's true. I still yeah, kind of, yeah. True. But the, you, know, you look at the boats that was, we were, so 94, we're obviously riding behind a 94 Mastercraft pro stars it was a slalom boat and the only weight we had in there was the camera guy you know and we'd always i mean hey do you guys remember when we used to at the pro tour would get on the mic and would ask for the fattest guy in the crowd we're like we'd have competitions for the, who could drink the most beer and we'd put him in the boat to try to make the wake bigger was it politically correct to ask for the fattest guy yeah i don't think we asked the fattest <laughs> no. guy i think we asked for the who could drink the most beer yeah <laughs> right right so I got three words for you both, and I'm just going to say these three words. And I'm going to let you go because if it wasn't for these three words, I wouldn't have come into the sport. This is what made for me. It's what made me dive in and want to chase this dream. You ready? Hot summer sure. nights. Hot summer nights. Who wants it first? Bestie. Well, actually, hot summer nights was um, a little bit before my time. Um, it was I. I think it ran from what 1990 through about 93 94 right and then they took it off the air right it was the was bud light the water ski tour and yeah. what time it came on at what tuesday night or something yep. like that right? prime tuesday time at 7 30 yep. yeah correct it was prime time tv yeah. which yeah. is what that's what put us on the map but it was so matt this is where i wanted you to chirp in it was who did you sign like who did you have on the team back then i know you had the jay landers and for some reason, my brain's telling me that Sammy Duvall rode Connolly for a little while. Oh, no. No, no that didn't happen. Okay. Michael Hazelwood, man. Oh, he Mike was, Hazelwood. He was kind of the, yeah. You know, Hazelwood, Christy Overton, Helena Mike-Shaylander, and uh, those were the primaries. Wow. And so, so, Mike, this was a TV. It was on ESPN. It was hot, called Hot Summer Nights. It was on Tuesday nights at primetime, 8 o'clock. Yeah. And that was when the sport really kind of came mainframe and household names and things like that. Gotcha. And, and Matt was in the middle of that. Like he was the one that was signing these people and, okay. and, and bringing them into the industry. Can I tell you what I thought of whenever you said hot summer nights, <laughs> you in like a greaser jacket chasing a girl in a poodle skirt. That's what I thought of. 
Well, like, I, immediately, <laughs> I immediately pictured oh. you dancing at a sock hop. That's what I. <laughs> that's what I heard when I, you said, "I love that image." I'll hold on to that. Poodle <laughs> skirt. Yeah, I had hmm. no idea what the hell you were talking about, but I immediately <laughs> thought of Greece. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Hot summer nights. The summer <laughs> night. Oh no, I. I thought Hot Summer Nights was something to get when you don't change your board shorts all summer. <laughs> it was hard to get a good contract to have two pairs. That's true. Oh, no. Well, you know, you know, well, the thing is, you wake up in the morning, you put your board shorts on, they get sweaty, you know, you get your ball sweat going on, and then you jump in the water, you go for a wakeboard. They're essentially being washed again. Right. And once they dry out, they're, they're ready to, they're, they're essentially. Brand spanking you, ready to go again. So, you know, can that's I, the way I looked at it. So you can, can I ask you, as a as an outsider who's never been in this industry, uh, especially not even like recreationally, much less professionally, uh, I occasionally go scuba diving and I get like fire gooch going on. Does that ever happen to you guys? Like, and how do you handle something like that? Yeah, it happens a lot. <laughs> I mean, luckily, I used to butt dunk a lot. Like, dude, butt dunking is called, like, when you land a trick and you yeah. don't land it perfectly, you uh -huh. actually bounce off your butt and stand back up. Uh -huh. That takes care of some of it. Okay. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I, I just can only imagine you guys and what you had to go Shannon through. Shannon just rolled with it, though. He would take it right to the bars and he'd walk up to the girls and he'd, he'd, he'd be proud of it. Like, it was something that he, he wore, like, a badge. Oh, my God. No, I was... Oh, no, no, no. I was too young to get crut rotch, but you know when you start getting older, that's when you start getting it. Right. So yeah, it's. Yeah. You guys are hitting close to home here. You're hitting really close. <laughs> yeah, as a young twink, These young things twink are real. Those days. <laughs> wow. All right, all right. We're getting off track. Back to mm -hmm. the back to the industry. So I want to know, uh, Matt. So coming into the '94 Almirada, what what was going on? Do you remember what where the where you were with Connolly? Uh, we didn't have the dually out yet. The flight 69 had just come out. I remember I was riding the razor. I should have been at the 94 worlds. And the reason I didn't go is the ski school was too busy because I was coaching, um, Hank Amos at the time and Hank brought Zane to me. Zane was 15 years old and he was on a trick ski doing Rayleigh's. And we were like, what is this retard doing? And he tried a double front flip. Z Hank was like, oh, yeah, this, this kid will try a double front. You want to see it? I'm like, yeah, I want to see it. <laughs> you know, we want to see people try to hurt themselves. And Zane tried double front, and he almost made it. Like, he he hit the his back and the board at the same time. No vest on, of course. You know, we're like stupid. Were you doing double ups, or was it a no. pro star wake? No, no, no. Wow. It, was the, it was Ricky McCormick's ski ray. Ricky McCormick pressured me into having Ski Ray as a sponsor. He was going to take my jump away. So I had to <laughs> I had to use the Ski Ray, and that's what Zane was behind. And I, so you had sent me, Matt, a uh, – Zane was riding the Razor. Um, right. And I was riding the uh, Blade, which was the – a little bit longer than the Razor. Uh, and Zane Yeah, was, the Razor was wider, and it, was, it wasn't a double-ender, but it had uh, some flip in the tail for sure. Yeah, and it did. It also, yeah, the razor also had that real square nose on it too. Exactly, square nose, which was nice kind of ahead of its time like because yeah, that was kind of ahead of its time because that's really twin tips. It, it was closer than the directional raise the blade and the blade runner. You know, it was uh, and it's, and remember that we used to drill holes in the front of our board to put a fin on because we started doing backward landing tricks or you know switch. 
and the board was so damn slippery, so we started just drilling holes and putting a fin on it. Yeah, we needed some tracking there, so. Yeah. So then, the, um, the, that's when the 69 came out, and I remember when, the, <clears throat> that's what changed everything, and if you watch that 94 Worlds, you can see Scott does a switch roll, and Tony says, that's a brand new trick. And it was funny that I was like, wow, is that a really a brand new trick then? And then he did a switch mobe. He did heel mobe and switch mobe uh, in the event. And uh, yeah, I mean, so Matt, what, what was going on? Do you remember where you were with Connolly at the time? Yeah, no, we were, that was, we were waking up to wakeboarding. And actually we were building snowboards for K2 um, Snowski Company because they didn't really think or know that snowboarding was going to take off and then you had wakeboarding right alongside of it so at our at our place we were doing both those product lines because it fit our press sizes and our molding technologies and obviously it was right about then that that uh um you started to see sales and when sales happen people pay attention right right now were you yeah go ahead Sorry, talking about sales, I'm going to bring this up because this is, was actually the infamous Play With Fire ad was shot during Thank the you. 1994 um, Almirada uh, World Thank Championship. You. So it was so it was actually Shannon Starling, um, who was kneeboarder slash wakeboarder as well. And he, was also he looked like Charles Manson, straight up. Yeah, he did do. He did. He did. Yeah, he's, he still does. And uh, Zane Swank, Jeremy Kovac, and myself. So it was the four of us. And it was so. How much baby oil? How much baby that. oil was used on that photo? Oh my god! Yeah. So give us the background story on that, Matt. That was that was straight Aboriginal, um, <laughs> okay. bestie. That, that's that was my image of the whole thing. Was uh, we're gonna be bare naked, and uh, I think you guys had some paint on maybe we did Space we did we did yeah. Zane, okay. Zane, um, Zane I mean, had, um, it really paint. was going yeah. back to your aboriginal roots that's where that idea came from and we had this little resort that these guys were letting us stay at right up the road and those weird trees and and uh you know that thing just it was it was cool it was cool you guys yeah. were badass that was Still that up. was real flint those real flames too. Those were real, real gas <laughs> flames in front. This is pre-Photoshop, so they oh. we need flames in the ad. So they shot. So they had a gas burner in front of us, <laughs> gassing up. No so sir. Stand in front of these flames. I swear to God, it was like a real. <laughs> it was a bar with yeah. with flame with gas. Flame. It was like a barbecue, but just like a pipe, and there was flames <laughs> wow. coming out of it. Yeah, this is there was- yeah. Oh, there were definitely yeah. uh, there were cocktails as well, I believe. I think. Uh, shocker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Such That's a shocker. Part of the story. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> were true Midwest athletes guys. back then. Like we were you look at these guys now, like Rusty Melanovsky, he's oh. actually a buddy of mine. I play hockey with him. And but he his workout regime is unbelievable. And I think back in the days, our workout regime was uh who could stay at the bar the latest and still ride the next day. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. That you was, had to that find was things you could too. win at, Dave. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when did I was, I was fail? I was I was disciplined during the weeks. During the weeks, I was very disciplined. Didn't drink. Didn't smoke. Didn't do any of that stuff. You're and then so full of shit. Went, so, no, I swear to God. And then as soon as I flew into the pro tour stuff, it was like 
you want a drink? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'm like, <laughs> never, never thinking like you're here to compete, buddy. You know, it's like, well, I'm here to compete, but I'm also here to have a good time. So yeah. let's go. You know, you know, I actually remember, I hate saying this out loud on the podcast, but I'm going to say it because here we go. I remember like in the mornings at the pro tour stop, I would be so nervous and I and have such a hard time focusing and getting ready and just getting through the nerves. But if I was a little bit hungover, I was more worried about just staying alive and I didn't worry about my run. My, I mean, <laughs> my body already knew how to do the run. I trained and trained and trained and trained to do the trick. So if I could just get over my own damn head, I'd be fine. And a little bit of a hangover relaxed me. I didn't think about my run so much. And then I rode better. I go through the life the same way. That's yeah, pretty much exactly how I live my life. <laughs> I think that's an accurate description of life, period. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's the funny thing is, is I would, we would never, ever, not like quarter I knew, would ever get up at like eight in the morning, you know, eat a good breakfast and then go train. It's like every way for you slept in all day, got up, right. and then, and you know, and then started like, towards the afternoon, you'd, your body was all warmed up, you were sort of limber, and then four o'clock in the afternoon, you're like, all right, let's start doing this. And you'd ride for an hour or two with your buddies in the afternoon, you know, all rela- in a very relaxed situation. Yeah. Yet we would have to go to these tournaments, and it's most of the time it's cold. It's Midwest. It's cold somewhere. It's not like Florida where it's, you know, warm, Perfect. flat. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. Um, and the and companies we, you know, we would hire, we would hire Tom King, et cetera, et cetera, and they wanted to shoot in the morning when the light was great. Yeah. His yeah. job was to get you guys up. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that was the tough one. It part. wasn't pleasant. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that was a tough one, getting us going in the morning. I like the uh, afternoon photo shoots myself. Yes, I, yeah. sunsets. So let's it's, let's yeah, go that, back. to. So we talked about the, the, the 94, they're riding the Flight 69. And Matt, when did you start the Dooley? That was the first twin tip for uh, Connolly. So you're right. But what was happening behind the scenes was, we were starting to figure out that you guys were doing a lot of the same stuff that trick skiers do. So the WWA was being formed in this, in this time and rules were starting to be written to control how boards were going to be built. And you know, the 69, I believe was double. What do you mean? Wait, wait a minute. What do you mean? Rules were, Oh, I should be one third the Mm -hmm. width to the length. They didn't want trick skiers out there. Right. Right. Which, Okay, so rules had to be written to stop that. So how did that segue into the dually? Well, I mean, the dually is playing by those uh, rules that were written, and we're going double end because you guys are doing tricks, switch, right, right, regular, and uh, it, it was kind of a it was it was a trick. I mean, it was it was uh, it was kind of difficult to play that game. It was unbelievable. I remember the first time I, so the flight 69 was the first twin tip that I rode and I was doing roll to reverse at the time, but I was really having a hard time sticking my landing because you're landing on a directional board with no fin at the other end and it was slippery as hell. And so you had to land absolutely perfect every time or you'd slip out. And then the first time I got on a flight 69, all of a sudden I was a little bit off, but the board started tracking and it stuck. And then when we, we got the dually, it was like, Oh my God, what a difference it was. Do you remember that Shannon? Yeah. Yeah. I was actually the, um, I was actually the official, uh, test pilot for the dually. So it was right on. myself. Yeah. It was myself, um, Pat Conley. Um, we were leading the charge and then, 
um, I transitioned. So on the on the drive down to Almorada for the Worlds, everybody else was sort of passed out in the back of the minivan. I got <laughs> I got lumped up front with Troy Navarro, and Troy and this is Troy Navarro's probably I think that was his last contest or last time with Conley or something like that. Or he was with Conley for a little I think like a year after or something. He got paid out, but um, he convinced me to move from Florida over to Texas, and that's when I moved. Um, so after that, after the Worlds, I actually moved over to Texas, and then we continued to design the board, des- the, the dually design over there, and it got to the point where um, they were sending sort of the, the tips were a little off, so I just took a hacksaw, and the final design, actually, the final design was of the the, the, the very ends of the dually were actually done by a hacksaw in a garage. Yeah, 45. Texas. Yeah. Texas, yeah. Because I, I was, yeah, t- when so, you, you I, had him in Texas, and I had him actually at the school in Lake Roy. I, that's when Matt was sending him out to me, and I was the breaker. If I couldn't yeah. break it, nobody could yeah. break it. <laughs> I well, and, and that's part of the sport that was easily forgotten is, is slalom was a big part of uh, early wakeboarding competitions. Mm. Troy Navarro, Ken Bernard. That's right. You um, actually had to go around yeah. buoys. We actually had to go. And through that's the a completely course. different board. Oh, was it? Well, I mean, you know, it, it characteristic wise. Yeah. A slalom yeah. board and a trick board are completely. Oh different. Yeah, yeah, of course. So you're trying to you're trying to accommodate all these things. I thought you were saying that you had a different dually board that ran the slalom course than the wakeboarders. But no, that was all the same. And then we went into the T two, and the T two was the carbon graphite board, and that thing was like a potato was, chip. And my God, it was, it was light. Actually, but, it was. It was light, but it was a. It was all. It was the dually press, but it was honeycomb. It was all honeycomb. It was like a honeycomb yeah. foam. Right, yeah. and I, I got, I snapped, I snapped, I couldn't, I couldn't snap them. <laughs> oh, I was snapping well, those things left and right. Well, they were super, super light, but also super brittle. You're yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So, wow. So then, from the '94 um, Worlds, that's we still low line. Everything was low line. I, the line length was probably 50 feet. We were using kind of trick ski length ropes. Um, because if you went longer, the wake was even flatter. I mean, it was, a, you, we had to go where the biggest part of the wake was and without weight in the boat, you know, 40, 50 feet was about it. Um, but then we started the extended pylons. I, I think it was 95. Am I close there guys? No, it was actually the first competition. Well, um, but when we started using them, use... we, we could use no, them okay. without well, competition. We couldn't no, use no, them no. in competition, but we could use them in practice. And I th- okay, so the so the skyline just came out, and actually skyline, um, yeah, skyline, and that was, and then there was skyline, and then there was pylon, and Troy Navarro was actually part of pylon, and then skyline was. Man, you're um, stroking Tony off Finn Troy Navarro hard right now. You're stroking him off. Just, just dropping, dropping names where names need to be dropped. I love you know, it. This is all, um, this is all historic. This is all historical facts, according to. Um, my Aboriginal uh, memory, but um, <laughs> no, the first the first time we were officially allowed to use them in competition was the wakeboarding team challenge at Tom King's Lake at the end of '95, and it wasn't until '96 till they started implementing them at the '96 X Games. And wow. once, because then '96 was a difficult transition because we were still '96. There was the X Games and and one maybe the Nationals and then maybe the war no not even the Worlds but it was the X Games was on this was on a extended boom was on the extended pylon but the whole the Pro Tour the Nationals and the Worlds 
were all down low. And that was 96 was the last year was that because then 97 came out. And right. Every, it was all Scott. Well, and I'm sure everybody, I'm sure people are going to watch because I said at the beginning of the podcast that uh, I talked about the 94 Almorada world. So I'm sure people that are listening to this right now are going to YouTube this and watch this. And Shannon, you're actually on it. You're, they don't mention your name on, on that video, but you threw an S bend. Couldn't in pronounce it. They couldn't pronounce yeah. it, <laughs> but you threw an S bend in it, uh, in that tournament. And I think that was the, that was probably the first time I was doing I was doing S bends down low, and that was there was a bit of a learning curve on the low line. There was a bit of a learning curve on that. I did. I took one or two full dingers trying to learn, trying to get, trying to put an S bend, you know, back on the board, right, right, without short circuiting myself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and then we, we from there we went into the '95. We did Hell Upside Down. That was the video that we did with Connolly and that's when Matt flew us all out there. And so I'd like to get into that like next episode and uh, the, wow, the, the stories guys is so awesome. Holding on to the pat, re- remembering what really happened and bringing it back to life is, uh, did you get naked Dave? When? 95. 95. There's a good chance. There's a good chance. Time. There's a good, I got naked every time I changed board shorts, Matt. I don't know what you're talking about. Thank you. You never changed them. <laughs> well, Liz, hey, thanks guys again, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep this rolling. We're gonna keep this rolling. Next next episode, we're gonna talk about the the ninety five hell upside down, and then we're gonna get into the X Games, and we're gonna keep it going. Hey, Shannon, thank you so much again for for being a part of the podcast. And uh, anything you want to close with? Yeah, I just now that I'm thinking about it, you're probably your nineteen ninety five board shorts are probably still roaming this earth. <laughs> And Matt Connolly, love you, man. Love you so much. Thanks again for being on. Anything you want to close with? We're good. We're good. We're good. Don't eat. Don't eat. We'll have coffee. Don't eat farm fish. Still like that. I still like that. (laughs) This episode was brought to you by Doc Solutions. Doc Solutions. DocsFL.com. You can also find them on Facebook, and they can help you have your lakefront property dreamy. Check them out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. I'm Dave Briscoe, Mike Lee. Thank you, everybody. Please remember to get on and like us. Uh, Give us a review. We're trying to build this podcast and anything you can do to help us, we appreciate. We'll see you guys next time.